Welcome to Inside the Media Minds. This is your host, Christine Blake. This show features in-depth interviews with tech reporters who share everything from their biggest pet peeves to their favorite stories. From our studio at W2 Communications, let's go Inside the Media Minds. This is Christine Blake, the host of Inside the Media Minds, and I'm here with Carrie Paul, the um, technology writer at The Guardian. Thanks for coming and joining us today at RSA. Yeah, no problem. Happy to chat with you guys. Cool. So I'd love to kind of get started with just a background on um, your coverage area at The Guardian, your role there, and who your audience is, and kind of start from there. Yeah, so I'm one of two technology reporters in The Guardian US. Uh, we are a obviously US-based outpost of The Guardian, which mm-hmm. is headquartered in London. Uh, we're part of an expansion of the U.S. coverage in recent years, so we are in the Oakland, California office uh, here in the Bay Area. Okay. How long have you been covering um, security for, or technology for? Um, I've been in the tech space for about six years since mm-hmm. I started my journalism career, in and out of it. Um, I've done all sorts of coverage since I became a journalist. Um, tech has been kind of a through line for that. Uh, before this, I was at MarketWatch mm-hmm. and Dow Jones, where I covered personal finance, but also a lot of tech coverage there in terms of consumer tech and mm-hmm. uh, security from that perspective. Mm-hmm. At The Guardian, it's a little more news-focused, so more daily news stories. Mm-hmm. So what kind of got you started in the technology space as a journalist? It's kind of a, a niche area, as we see and um, what kind of drew you to that? I mean, I just like covering technology because it's the future, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like when I was at MarketWatch, I covered personal finance. It's Mm -hmm. like finance touches everything, tech touches everything, so I really get to do a variety of coverage within the tech space. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then at a conference like RSA, I mean, it's so noisy. There's so much going on, literally and metaphorically. It's just um, getting bigger and bigger every year. So what do you typically... um, do when you come to RSA, like who are you interested in meeting with? What are you covering from here? What's your approach? Yeah, well, in advance of RSA, I get a million emails. Yeah. And so it's kind of a process <laughs> combing through them and seeing what is most relevant to my beat. I personally don't cover a lot of funding or startup or VC issues. Mm-hmm. Like it's just not in my beat. So I kind of skip over those and go more into the experts who can talk to me about the areas of coverage that I focus on, whether that's election security mm-hmm. or misinformation or cybersecurity, things like that. Um, so then I kind of just look into that. And when I come to these spaces, I'm kind of looking for two tiers of usefulness mm-hmm. at RSA. So one is um, getting to know folks who are in the space and can alert me to trends and stories that mm-hmm. I should be aware of. And then second is just getting sources on the ground who mm-hmm. can explain things to me if I need some technical expertise. Okay. So, you know, um, there's so many meeting requests coming in from vendors and a lot of new companies are popping up. You know, what do you think differentiates companies from each other? And, you know, how should they be setting themselves apart? I personally find it useful as more of a news reporter when um, PR people or whoever Mm -hmm. email me and they kind of pitch their client as pegged to a recent news story. So for me, I cover a lot of election issues, election security. So when people sent me emails saying we have this person who specializes in deep fakes and how they affect the election or specializes in securing voting machines and things like that, Mm. um, that piques my interest because I know an exact way that I can practically apply it to my coverage. Yeah, I know that makes sense. Are you looking to cover election security here at the conference? And what's your approach to that topic? That's obviously a very hot topic right now. What, What do you think about that? It is a hot topic. I feel like um, when I am at RSA, it's kind of more of a focus on collecting sources for Mm -hmm. in the future when I cover that topic. There's not a lot of reporting I get directly from RSA. Like, I don't go back to the newsroom and file a story about RSA. It's more uh, just 
kind of being in the thick of it and getting a feel for what issues are at, at the front mm-hmm. of everyone's minds right now. Yeah. So what are some of the biggest trends you're seeing in the industry right now? Is one of them election security? Um, you mentioned nation state attacks. Like, what are some of those trends, and how do you think they're evolving? Yeah, I see a lot of election security issues, deep fakes, yeah. uh, hacking, obviously, uh, nation state attacks. I've been looking into a lot of like power grid attacks and other infrastructure attacks. Um, so it's kind of, yeah, a big mix of things. Ransomware is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then w- talk to us a little bit about, you know, you write for a publication that's um, based in the UK. How does that change the way you look at things, or does it? Um, because we are based in the US, I feel like we try to do more localized coverage um, because we have such a strong UK team covering. Mm-hmm. So I don't cover GDPR issues as much, mm-hmm. for example, uh, the data privacy law in the EU. It's it, because we have plenty of coverage of that in our UK office. So I focus more on like the California Consumer Privacy Act mm-hmm. and other more local privacy issues. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, and then do you typically go to other conferences too around the country? Like, do you ever head up Black Hat or any others like that? Or is RSA kind of, it's in your backyard, right? So. Um, this is my second time at RSA. Mm-hmm. I have been to CES. I haven't been to Black Hat. Mm-hmm. We, uh, I guess at The Guardian, we usually have our UK tech reporter go to that because he's more in the thick of cybersecurity yeah, yeah. coverage. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not at every conference, but, you know, since this is in my backyard, I had to come mm-hmm. see what I could learn. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then one of the questions our listeners always um, want to know, just to kind of understand your coverage areas more, is what's one of the most memorable stories that you've written or interviews you've done in the past? You know, you mentioned you've been covering this space for six years. What's one of the most compelling stories you've written? Um, I always like to find unexpected tech stories. One of my favorite ones I wrote is when I was, I'm from Iowa originally, and I was back home visiting my family, and I found a Bitcoin mining facility in a local uh, computer warehouse that was in an abandoned grocery store. So that is not what I was expecting to find when I went home. And it was just interesting to like look at the Bitcoin space through the eyes of like the heartland and my hometown. So stuff like that where I can find in unexpected places. Yeah, that's super unique. Um, What are some of the other things that you're looking to cover in the next couple months to a year? Like, is there any other topic areas that you're interested in? Well, being in California between the California Consumer Privacy Act and AB5, which is a Mm -hmm. gig economy law that went into effect um, on January 1st, I have a lot on my plate in terms of legislation and how it's going to affect people. So kind of both of those bills have been huge in what I'm looking at this year, whether Mm -hmm. it's how the gig economy is going to face labor issues or uh, how big tech is going to look at privacy issues. That's kind of the gist Mm -hmm. of my coverage lately. Yeah, no, that's interesting. And then when you're looking for resources, are there any um, types of sources that really stand out to you that are really helpful for you that you keep going back to? And like, what, what does that process look like? Or talk us through that a little bit. Yeah, I think when I, in past jobs, I may have looked more at company sources mm-hmm. or in the private sector. I think now I kind of look more at academic sources. Oh, okay, There's that's interesting. for both. Um, it's interesting to me to look at places who have been doing research in an academic setting on these issues and mm-hmm. see, you know, what they know about it. And then, but obviously there is a lot of expertise to be found in the private sector. So kind of mm-hmm. a mix of those types of sources. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, 
And I always ask this too, what do you, what is something that somebody wouldn't know about you outside of, you know, journalism or reporting with something kind of different or interesting? <laughs> um, yeah, well, as I mentioned, I am from Iowa. Yeah. So sometimes, it's funny, sometimes I get uh, tweets that are calling me like a coastal elite or whatever, oh, okay. and I'm like, I grew up in the West. <laughs> yeah, very so, different. <laughs> yeah, um, something I'm proud of, so it's something not everyone knows about me. Yeah. Is there anything else that you'd like to talk about, like anything else that The Guardian's up to or anything that you guys are doing? Um, not really. I mean, we're expanding um, on the West Coast a lot. We're really trying to focus on U.S. coverage and yeah. local coverage in California. So okay, interesting. I would just say read The Guardian because we have yeah. a lot of uh, cool stories coming up. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I always like to ask, too, is, you know, we see um, a lot of news coming from social media and, you know, people out in the field, you know, those spread of breaking news is often through Twitter and social. What is, what are your thoughts on that? And how, how do you think it's going to continue to evolve over time? I've done a lot of breaking news reporting in the past um, on like general news coverage, whether it's like, you know, a mass shooting and we're trying to get the latest on Twitter and things like that. I definitely think in my current job, I don't get as much coverage from mm -hmm. Twitter. Um, I have my own private lists that I curate on Twitter of people in the tech space that I think are interesting. Okay. And I kind of just browse that in the mornings mm -hmm. and then if they're tweeting about a topic or an issue that I find important, I might follow up on that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a place that I find ideas, but I don't necessarily do all my reporting there. Interesting. Yeah, no, definitely. Cool. Well, thanks so much, Carrie. It's been awesome to have you on um, Inside the Media Minds today. Thanks for joining us. I know you're busy this week, but it's been great talking to you. I definitely learned a lot. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. Absolutely. This has been Christine Blake, the host of Inside the Media Minds. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Inside the Media Minds. To learn more about our podcast and hear all of our episodes, please visit us at w2com.com slash podcast and follow us on Twitter at Media Mind Show. And you can subscribe anywhere podcasts are found.